0: Welcome to this podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Episcopal Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We hope you consider hitting like or subscribe. We hope you will share this audio with your friends and neighbors, help others know about our inclusive, theologically progressive community of faith. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can make a gift at stmichaelsabq.org. Gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. I want to begin today by noticing what doesn't happen in the gospel. This is a very famous interaction, one of the most palpably angry moments that we have from Jesus. And Episcopalians don't eagerly contemplate God's anger. We don't tend to make stained glass windows with grumpy faced Jesus. Right? We we prefer a savior who looks more serene, but Jesus could get angry. And here in the text, Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. And you still feel the sting of those words. It's okay if you winced when you heard them. And still, I want you to notice what doesn't happen. What doesn't happen is simple. Peter doesn't disappear. When Jesus rebukes him, he doesn't vanish from the story. Peter doesn't shy away. Yes, Jesus gets angry, and Jesus still includes Peter, still invites him to follow. Peter isn't dismissed. He doesn't go missing in the text. Peter isn't canceled. Now what doesn't happen might surprise us because we live in such contentious days, don't we? In these days, people are often treated as if they are disposable. We don't disagree well. Too often in our society, there's no coming back from a disagreement. We cut people off. We stop working with them or start working around them. We vote them off the island. Or we just walk away. So what is so surprising about this moment is that as the gospel goes on, Peter doesn't disappear, he doesn't even remain silent. Just after this story, Jesus will invite Peter, along with James and John, up the mountain to witness the transfiguration, a story we heard in church just two weeks ago. Peter, there as the cloud descends with Moses and Elijah, will be the one to say, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us build dwellings for you and Moses and Elijah. Peter is wrong again. But he doesn't stop trying. Jesus doesn't send him packing. Peter still belongs. Though at times he disagrees, though he gets ahead of himself, Though he gets it wrong all the time, Peter still belongs. He still matters. And that Peter doesn't lose his place has meaning for us. I want to invite you to consider that this morning that Peter's ongoing belonging, despite Jesus' anger, it speaks to us about two things. First, it tells us about God. and second, It communicates about the kind of community to which Jesus invites us. So first, let's talk about God. In order to talk about Peter and God, at first, I want to back up way back, all the way back to good old Abraham as good as dead. (laughs) It's a great line in the text. Abraham has been called the founder of monotheism. Abraham is regarded as the patriarch of the three great monotheistic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And because we grow up in a Christianized society, it can be hard to understand that monotheism is a radical idea. Proclaiming the oneness of God was in a world that believed in competing gods, where every tribe had a different God, monotheism is profound. Monotheism monotheism is still radical today because saying I believe in one God does not mean I believe in my God and not yours. It means more accurately, separation is illusion. God is God, period. The life behind our life, the breath beneath our breath, the love which supports our love, We call this God. God is the same for us all. There is only one God. Maybe one of my favorite ways that this appears in Scripture is in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 puts it this way. Where can I go from your presence? If I climb up to heaven or lay down in the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning, or dwell in the deepest sea, even there your hand will lead me. I like to call Psalm 139 the "Runaway Bunny" Psalm, <laughs> eh? Yeah, because God is there, wherever we are. The oneness of God means that just as there is nowhere to flee from God, there is no need to flee. And Peter is not dismissed by Jesus theologically because there is nowhere for Peter to go. Peter belongs, full stop, just as each and every one of us belongs. Nothing we can do can sever that belonging. As we say in baptism, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. There is no other God to which we can run. There is nowhere separate from God. We are inextricably held by the presence of the one true loving God. And believing in God this way, believing in the one God this way, it also has implications for how we do community with one another. As I said earlier, we live in a society that can be quick to cut people off. And sometimes this is called cancel culture, but don't get stuck on the political background noise, please. We live in days where relationships are perhaps less persistent than they have ever been. We are accustomed to letting people go. I suspect that this has something to do with how nomadic we have become. We're more likely today to change zip codes than at any other time in human history. We are also changing jobs, professions, and partners at record rates. In recent years, we have also seen an uptick in the number of people who change denominations, heck, who change whole religions. Now, I'm not here to tell you that change is a bad thing. And Jesus moved all over Palestine. Abraham was called a wandering Aramaean. But Jesus and Abraham both traveled in community, we may be surprised that Peter doesn't leave after today's story. Because in our own day, it seems so easy to leave people. We can choose our tribe. We can choose our friends. We can choose our family. Why would Peter choose to stay with Jesus after Jesus so publicly rebuked him? Here I want to be careful Because there are times when we must choose to put up boundaries. There are instances when the healthiest thing you can do for a relationship is to end it. There are times, for the sake of safety, you need to create distance. I know families, and I know many of you know families, for whom it is only safe to gather when a court-appointed officer is present. And that is painful and it is true. So I always worry about preaching when the gospel includes the line, take up your cross. Because there are people who have justified living in an abusive relationship by saying, that's just my cross to bear. Let me say no. The gospel tells us crosses are not private. Even Jesus had help carrying his cross. You don't have to suffer alone. Jesus' rebuke of Peter today is specific. While he is angry, I would argue this is not abuse. Jesus calls Peter Satan, the tempter. And Peter doesn't want to believe that Jesus will have to suffer. Peter doesn't want to believe that Jesus will die. It's tempting, and Jesus has to say, get behind me, because the temptation isn't the reality. Jesus' way of doing community is costly. We are on a road toward Easter, and the road will be tough. Christianity is not a faith which denies or ignores suffering. Living in a way that witnesses that all people are loved means showing up when people are suffering, means standing up for justice so fewer people will suffer. And Jesus persistently enacted community in ways that defied the expectations of his day. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus invited women to be his witnesses. He touched and walked with those his society deemed as unacceptable because of their national origin, their language, their religion, or their sexual practice. Jesus spent time with those the world counted out. Jesus witnessed to a world where everyone belongs, where everyone is beloved, where no one is counted out. That's why he was a threat. I don't understand how someone could say they are following Jesus and try to use Jesus to hold power over others. I don't understand how someone can say they're following Jesus and then use their faith to justify filing a lawsuit to close an immigrant shelter in El Paso. I don't understand how following Jesus could lead someone to enact and support a bathroom bill to add fuel to the transphobic and homophobic bullying in our schools. How could following Jesus lead you to cruelty toward your neighbor? I think Jesus hears all of the awful political rhetoric, the hateful words that are so often spoken in his name and wants to scream, Get behind me. If you want to follow, realize that you're following in a way of love, a way of justice, a way that does not lead to worldly power. There were some awful moments of bigotry this week, wrapped in a so-called Christian theology. And maybe we Episcopalians could use some stained glass windows with grumpy Jesus. Maybe. Let me tell you one last story of hope where I have seen this kind of community enacted. Last year, many of you know, I spent a great deal of time in the Missouri State Capitol in the hallways I went with other LGBTQ leaders and clergy uh, to push back against proposed transphobic laws. And I don't know if anything I said or did made any bit of difference. I don't know how effective I was as a witness, but I did witness one success firsthand. It wasn't me, a drag performer who goes by the name Akasha Royale, sat patiently, it's a great name, She sat patiently with a state representative in cowboy boots. Now, most of us were studiously avoiding the opposing side, but Akasha walked up to the other guys in full makeup and this impeccable power suit, and she marched right over, and she shook hands. And when she saw that this gentleman, this particular gentleman, would talk with her, she asked why he was co-sponsoring a particular bill, And then she took the time, as we all waited to testify, to sit with him, to gently correct errors in his logic, to share her point of view. And I was kind of keeping my eye on Akasha because I was nervous for her. And I was stunned when I saw the two of them laughing together, even more amazed when the representative stood up, closed his file, and walked away. Nakasha walked back over to a group of us and I asked what had happened. And she told me he had decided to drop his name from the bill. It took a drag performer to help me see even when we're angry, even when we're scared, even when we disagree, Christians don't disengage. We don't dismiss our fellow human beings. We get curious, lean in, and show kindness and patience. I'm struck in today's gospel by what doesn't happen. Peter isn't canceled. Jesus not only allows Peter to keep hanging around, Jesus eventually trusts Peter to lead the church. Perhaps we can only claim to be Christians when we know how deeply we have the capacity to be wrong. Perhaps we can only follow Jesus when we know our own need to be forgiven. Only when we know how often we get things wrong can we understand the surprising persistence of God's forgiveness and love. Only when we are willing to approach others with forgiveness can we say we are following Christ. Because with Christ, we will always, always belong. Amen.